We're back. We are Contextualize. Back. Hey, it's been two And you're weeks. back. Yes. You're here. Well, yeah, and it's morning. It like, is... with, with a fresh cup of coffee. <laughs> brisk right morning. before we got on, Jim said, just, wait, I need to get a cup of coffee. Just went running. It's very different than, like, a middle of the afternoon podcast where we've got energy, but it's not as yeah. explosive. <laughs> You're uh, setting the bar high for explosion. explosion yeah, we're not morning. exploding anything. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, well, you, you had mentioned this just before, but um, let's just chat for a little bit. Well, yeah. What, what are we doing? What, what, are we, what are we doing with this podcast and why do we keep doing it? Because, right, we started with Acts. Acts. And then we went to Second Corinthians. Yep. And now Second Samuel. Yeah, why, so why are we still doing this? And I think the first thing to say, it's not because it, it's the most popular thing we do at Christ Community. It's not because we want to put something else out there. But I, I don't know, we were just chatting before we hit record. Of just, I think it's good to remind everybody we're doing this because we really do believe that God's Word, that reveals to us Christ, that we understand in the context in which God gave it to His original audience, it is okay to say that's all we need to, in some regards, have and know, because the Spirit works through it, it's the seed of the Word. Mm-hmm. And it will hold us, it will equip us, it will mature us. And so the more we can have that be our diet, the more grounded we'll be, yeah. the yeah. more convinced and convicted we'll be of the beauty and glory of the gospel. Yeah. And so it just I think just it's a slow drip. It's, there's nothing ex- explosive. There's, there's nothing that's that special about what we're doing. I just right. think it's important to remind Christ's community that we're doing this because it really is what we believe that God wants His church to do. Yeah. Study His Word, and yeah. He will transform our lives, and our lives are lived in our context. And, and man, in this Old Testament stuff, yeah. we're really seeing pictures of the shadow of the King of this to come. We're also seeing the human heart, the human life. I mean, we're going right. to see some yeah. stuff in this Second Samuel book. Yeah, it's it gets dark. It does get dark. There's a lot of twisted sin. And, and yeah. yeah. fear, mistakes, and we can relate to that. Yeah. So... But it, it makes me think of just the, the, the reality that what we really believe, what's really true is that God's word is him speaking to us, right? It's not just words on a page or interesting history or whatever. Like this is what God has chosen to speak and reveal to us. And so, and even in that, like he's, he's given it to us in books. And so, right, we just want to go through books of the Bible that God's given us and, and think, you know, and, and talk about what is God saying here and how does that yeah, so if apply I, for us? Right? If I take the biggest possible picture, do we believe that all we've been made for God's glory and re- rescued yeah. for His glory and that He has revealed with authority all the things we need to know about His glory yeah. and all the things we need to know about ourselves for life and faith? And if we yeah. do... We will spend increasing time in His Word, not just to be knowledgeable of it, but right. so that He receives more glory and so that we live more obediently, faithfully in yeah. His kingdom. Um, and so just to keep giving ourselves to it. Um, I think one of the things that ministry can produce is an anxiousness, maybe a stress of, what are we supposed to say to people today? Yeah, what are we supposed yeah, to, sure. You know, yeah, what do they want to hear? What do they need to hear? Yeah. What, Kind of what's the going thing? I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be a journalist for a newspaper. You know, like going in on Monday, like what stories do we got to write this week to sell papers? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's even worse in many regards in the church because everybody wants to know, 
you know, something fresh and new about God. Uh-huh. I love the fact that we do our podcast here, we do expository preaching, mm-hmm. that we are essentially saying to Christ's community, hey, let's just keep talking from the same source, which is authoritative, with the same goal, which yeah. is God's glory and our renovation, our reformation, our being changed and sanctified. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. So there, this has neutralized the anxiety of leadership for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, once you pick a book, which uh, there's thoughtfulness that can go into that, but, you know, what are we going to talk about or, or whatnot? It's just, I mean, God set the agenda. Right. You might say in some ways. Um, and there's so much colorful stuff in the text. There's yeah. enough to touch every part of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've talked a little bit. You're, I think you are. You guys are more ryth- rhythmic in your home, AJ, than I was when my kids were your age for devotions and stuff like that. Um, and I thank God for that. Uh, but we do a ton of talking about God's word, the gospel. Yeah. How does it apply? It's usually what somebody's reading, what my wife's reading, what I'm preparing to preach. Just like it's just spontaneous discussion after no- discussion. Yeah. And it has been, in some regards, more than enough content fodder yeah. concepts, theological truths for our family to wrestle through no matter what our children are going through, no matter what we're uh-huh. going through, it's enough. Uh-huh. And, and so there's a there's a release and a relief, I guess you could say, to not have to generate yeah. content. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons we keep doing this yeah. podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Just want to remind our 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 audience our legions of followers. Yeah, all forty-seven of you, unless some of you listen three times. So well, that could be yeah, thirty-six. Yeah. Of, anyway, uh, yeah. no, just kidding. I'm thankful that we can do it. I love doing it. It's yeah, helped, it helps help me grow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like what you said. I mean, I, I'm not familiar enough with Second Samuel to to kind of know like, oh man, this is what's going to happen in the next chapter, the next chapter. So each week, it's kind of like what. What's, what's going to happen? What's God got for us here? And that's an intentional yeah. thing. Remind those that haven't done this with us for a while. We don't want to turn this podcast into AJ does three hours of study. I do three hours of study. And now let's talk for 30 minutes. Right. It's really, hey, let's just read it, review it. Maybe look up something that needs some explanation. But mostly yeah. just say, okay, God's just word is clear. It. Yeah. We can understand it. And so let's just dialogue. And so I think for me it's an exercise that is probably what I know many people experience on Sunday at Christ Community. Hopefully you all read the text during the week like we encourage you to do. But I know a lot of people don't. So what's it like when you or I stand there and read the text on Sunday morning and people are like, what? That's a little bit what we get to do now. And I'm thankful for that. Yep, that's good. Well, um, we're in chapter 8. So 2 Samuel 8. Last week, uh, Troy was on here, which uh, was a pleasure to have him on here. We got to talk about chapter 7 as God... Makes covenant with David. David responds with uh, a prayer of gratitude, um, right? Because God's going to do the work. God's the one who makes the promises there rather than David. And uh, so now we come to chapter 8. So David's the anointed king. He's brought in the ark. God's made these covenant promises with him. It's it's very, uh, it's kind of, you, you use the word crescendo. I mean, this is kind of crescendoing, uh-huh. or building up. Yeah. It's not crescendo yet, but right, it's building up in the same way. And so we come to chapter 8. And um, in, in many ways, chapter 8 is a very simple chapter. <laughs> uh, what we have is uh, there's a lot of, there's a basic idea that David defeats his enemies. And that, I mean, it's repeated for the first, uh, I mean, really until all the way through verse 14, is this idea that David defeated this enemy. David defeated this enemy and this king and that king and these people and those people. 
Um, so that's the big idea, but let's kind of walk through a little well, bit. Well, let me ask you something because we haven't talked. Do you want to walk through it or would it be wise to show the bookends of this chapter? Let's go to the bookends because I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I, go ahead. Well, sometimes, when, again, this is just a, a, a reading approach. I look at the first sentence and if it's a summary type sentence, uh-huh. I usually stop reading. And I just look to where does this section seem to end? Is there another summary section that uh-huh. will then frame for me all that's in between? Yep. Okay. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And this is this actually will hold not just in narrative, but I think especially like if Paul writes a summary sentence. Right. Right. And we see kind of that he's gonna go into something and then he summarizes what he's just said. Yeah. It's okay to be like, okay, let me slow down. So yeah. in this one, I don't think it'll distract us from walking through it the way you were just intending, but verse one, after this, so after he's Anointed after he prays a prayer of thanks, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. All right, I'll just stop it. That, that is a summary mm-hmm. description. Yeah. It actually describes what's about to follow. Yeah. He defeats the Philistines, but then in verse 15, well, maybe even verse 13, and David made a name for himself. That describes a particular battle, actually, but he, it's still descriptive of David as general. Mm-hmm. And then verse 15, So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and equity to all his people. Yeah. So you've got these statements that are not about a particular necessary victory. Yeah. And David defeated the Philistines, and David reigned over Israel, and David administered justice and equity. Yeah. So, before I've even gotten into the details of the passage, the narrator, the author, is wanting us to understand what you just said. The kingdom is crescendoing, or it's expanding Uh to a place where these summary statements are really something Israel's been hoping for for a long time. Yeah. We need to have a king who's going to defeat our enemies. Right, right. And he sort of did. Saul sort of did, but he didn't really. And then he was a man without any justice. Right. Right. He perverted justice. And so now, here we are. He's installed as king. He prays a prayer of gratitude. And bam. This is what? Victory over enemies. Reigning in justice. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I think, such a helpful tool for us. Um, sometimes we can get lost in the weeds or kind of miss the forest for the trees, right? Whichever way you want to, whichever analogy you like. But, right, looking at these summary statements helps us understand this chapter is about the the blessing that David the king brings to his people externally with enemies, yeah, right? like yeah. outside of the bounds, so of, of the land, so to speak. Um, but he's extending the boundary, so so. But with other people, but then fifteen, right? Administered justice and equity to his people seems to have more of an internal. I mean, it's gonna right, that involves Absolutely. peace from enemies, but like externally and internally, it's good. Yes. And, and it's because of David the King. And, and you can't really be secure with one without the other. Right. Right. So right. if you have safety against enemies, but it's absolute anarchy with unrighteousness at Man. home, you're not safe. In so- yeah. What and this you- is Judges 8, uh, which is where I'm at in community group. Well, say more, because you just so, like... You man, just, I mean, that's, that's like what we talked about Explosion last week. just happened. There just we go. Kidding. So Gideon is raised up to deliver Israel from Midian. And in chapter eight, seven and 8, that happens, and the land has rest for 40 years from Midian. And it's like, man, if it's just that sentence in chapter 8, it's awesome. But the rest of chapter 8 is about all of this internal, in inside of Israel. The idolatry. There's three different scenes where it builds, and the final one 
is this these just like blatant ugly statements about their idolatry. Yeah. And so it's like that they get the peace externally, but inside of the body, man, it's just awful. Well, and for the so, sake of this, we just did some I'd say biblical theology more than anything. Um, but we're going back in the story, which we talked about weeks ago. We're panning out and yeah. saying, look, there have been times before there was even a kingship uh-huh. where God's people, with God's judge, had external peace but not internal yeah. peace yeah. or purity. Right. There are other times in which, and I can't think of any, but I know this is true in many kingdoms, where there is a, a ruler or a governmental system that is equitable. Yeah. Yeah. But has not put the fences up to protect their their land or their yeah. people from the yeah. threats outside of them. Yeah. And a weak militaristic leader is quickly displaced, even though that leader may have had equity right. and righteousness in how they sought right. to administer justice. So yeah. anyway, I yeah. think that we could camp out a long time on the big picture. This does take us to the need to now look at what's in between these what's if right. this is a sandwich right. these are the bread They're what's really inside in between. yeah yeah and so if we look at it right 1 to 14 which is where it's focused on the external I mean even jumping down to verse 12 is a bit of a summary statement there um, that David 11 and 12 um, right the nations he subdued and mentions Edom Moab Ammonites Philistines Amalek and the spoil of Hadadezer the, the son of Rehob king of Zobah and so most of those nations mentioned there are, are who's cataloged in the preceding verses. Um, and so verse 1, Philistines, verse 2, Moab, verse 3, Zobah, or Zobah, verse 5, the Syrians, uh, verse 9, you got this dude named Toy who's coming to pay tribute, kind of make it some sort of an alliance or at least be kind towards David. So that's positive in that way. And then the Edomites in verse 13. So just a repetition of these different enemies that David is subduing. But there's there, there's some re- repetition outside of just, and he defeated these people. Verse, uh, verse 6 and verse 14. So verse 6 says, And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. Verse 14, And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. And so the, the narrator's reminding us this is not just David being a great king and a great leader. This is the Lord blessing David with military victory. Yeah. And this has been David's story all the way back to first Samuel 17. Right. when David steps forward and says the battle, it's the Lord, the battle. Philistine yeah. giant over there. He's not speaking against me or against you. He's, he's crying the Lord, the Lord yeah. of armies. Like why, why are we standing here? Because yeah. this is God's battle, not ours. Yeah. And so when, when you see this lived out and even the narratival description I enjoy this. And this is why I think it's important for us if we were teaching and preaching through it to not skip chapter 8 and say, and by the way, chapter 8 is about David winning lots of battles. Boom, that's it. Yeah, but let's move to chapter 9 where we see David be kind to one of Saul's seed, which is an amazing scene of intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We want to say, hey, this had... I was listening to a preacher preach yesterday. And it's actually about the Sunday text I'll be looking at. And... The comment was, the Holy Spirit, when he inspired the authors of God's word, uh, we have to be honest and realize there's an economy of words to revelation. Mm-hmm. Words don't usually appear to be wasted. Yeah. yeah. And so in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2, there's an entire verse. Now, I know the verses are edited later, but there's, there's a verse, least, just yeah. a verse, and it says, and he opened up his mouth and talked. <laughs> Why is that in the Bible? Jesus, yeah. they came to him at the Sermon on the Mount. 
And he taught them. But yeah. why the description? And he opened up his mouth. And so, yeah. again, this preacher went into the prophets, into what would be common phraseology to describe authoritative instruction. Uh-huh. Um, how else was he supposed to teach them but yeah. without with, with his mouth, right? Yeah. So, But it's there. There's an economy right. of words in the Scripture. It's we saying should pay. it in such a way that right. indicates something. And so in the Gospels, when we have genealogies, or in the book of Numbers, or in other, you know, other Old Testament. Chronicles, man, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, do we have to? Or or how about even Exodus? And this is the description of what you shall build, like the right, ark and the right. tabernacle. And then they did it. And, and then it's like they, the same words, exactly. Then they yeah. built it, and they say it again. Like, oh, come on. This is yeah. going to take forever to preach yeah. or teach or read. Yeah. The, the scripture chooses words. So yeah. when we look at this Good. chapter, it yeah. could have just said David defeated the Philistines and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. And David reigned with righteousness. But right. instead you have 22,000 men were defeated of the Syrians. Uh-huh. Just there's particular details yeah. here. The names of kings, where he put garrisons up. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. And I'll say there's two things that David does that at least are worth mentioning that stand out. And one is, I mean, as a, uh, there's, I don't even know how to say it. Like he, he uh, he thoroughly defeats these enemies, and, and there's some descriptions to that to that effect. So like verse two, and this is, I mean, th- this caught my eye when I was reading it earlier. With Moab, he measures how many soldiers there are, and then he executes two thirds of those soldiers by by length. And it's, I mean, it's a a graphic verse. Um, and then right, he and, and with uh, Zobah. Right, he it talks about who he took, uh, how many you know, he took seventeen hundred horsemen, twenty thousand foot soldiers. He hamstrung all but a hundred uh, or two hundred of their horses. Um, I mean, there's just a like it's pretty brutal. It's it's brutal. Like it's and it's it's he's not just like oh, and he won. Like he's he's thoroughly defeating these enemies, and into the point that these other nations wouldn't be able to three months from now come back. Right, right. He's he's kind of crippling them, um, in a way. The other thing that I think is worth noting is in verse, uh, well, verse seven, he brings back some shields of gold, took, takes them to Jerusalem. Verse uh, ten, uh, when Toy the, comes to him uh, and blesses David, um, it says Joram uh, brought with him articles of silver, of gold, and of bronze. Verse eleven, King David dedicated to the Lord together with the silver and gold that he dedicated from all the nations he subdued. So as, as David's thoroughly defeating his enemies, he's getting spoil, and he's dedicating that spoil to the Lord. Yeah. So you see, I guess just seeing, like, the Lord is the one blessing David, enabling this victory, but then David's responding to that by, by dedicating the, he's offering the, yeah, the spoil so let's, to the Lord. Now, David is not going to be righteous. We're going to see, I mean, fully, he's not fully righteous. We'll right. see that in chapters to come. But if we take this, what's the inverse of it? People are victorious or they become successful. Yeah. And the tendency of the human heart is to promote the self. Yeah. Yeah. And as I've been working through 1 Timothy, just Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor in Ephesus, beware of those who love to posture themselves, who are always arguing, they're always creating controversies because they basically, they, they want to promote themselves. That's why they keep it so chaotic. Right. You think of the alternative approaches David could do here, but what you're showing us is you got these summary statements and then with every one of them, 
you have David giving God the glory. Yeah. God's people seeing David to be God's king. Yeah. David actually being God's king when he does defeat the enemies of God's people, but also he gives God the credit. So they're, And right. it just it snowballs forward. There's increased wealth here. There's increased power here. Increased peace. Increased peace. Yeah. And then we do see there's increased worship and dedication yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. And then in verse 18, excuse me, 16, there's increased justice and yeah. righteousness 15, at yeah. home. Yeah. I've even got my reading glasses on and I can't tell. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And uh, so what it made me think of, and, and you know, uh, I was part of the conversation last week with Troy, but in the, the promises that God gives when he's making covenant with David in chapter 7, um, like if you go back and look at verses like 10 to 11, he says, I'll appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. Violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. Uh, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. And so like these promises of God in the very next chapter, I mean, the, the narrator is telling us God is beginning to make those things true. He's bringing that about. And David benefits from that. But just, I just pause and consider how do God's people benefit from that? Like all the peace that God promises to bring about through David, he's bringing about and the people are benefiting both externally and internally. Like it's, it's just, there, there's this yeah. shalom, this, this absolute peace that we see in this chapter. And I think it foreshadows, it, you know, this is, I think we're going to find it, which is partly why we did it. So it's not a surprise, but being in second Samuel, well, 1 Samuel, then 2 Samuel, while now moving into Matthew, is going to be interesting. Because you'll see shadow parallel. And you think of Jesus saying the kingdom is at hand. And mm-hmm. yet, the final full peace, the final full blessedness, yeah. the final full righteous equity that we're longing for, that's not yet. Yeah. But he says it's here. Yeah. It's at hand yeah. because I'm here. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the spirit. I mean, you have all these evidences that the kingdom's already present. That's exactly what's going on here. The yeah. kingdom that God is establishing with God's king and God's position is already bringing the benefit and the blessing to the people of God who are under that rule. Yeah. The promises are already in yeah. But they're not done in full. Yeah, right. They're right. not done in full. Right. And that's important for us to see. Yeah, and this, I, mean, I think going with that, we can go, we can talk about right the kingdoms here now. Um, and then it also just makes me think of, uh, I mean, I guess especially of Revelation with, um, these pictures, these descriptions were giving, given of when Christ returns and, and fully conquers his enemies, yeah. right? Like these, these victories that David is accomplishing and his people are benefiting from help us understand more. Like Jesus is going to come back and totally defeat our enemies and totally put the house in order yeah. inside. And yeah. like that, that total shalom, that total peace, that total justice that we see here. I mean, it, it, it makes me think forward to, to right, we, we have it, it's, it's begun, but it also makes me long for what's to come, the fullness. Once typology sets in as the grid by which we're reading, you know, it, you can almost run to the bank with it because yeah. it's, it, we got to be careful not to over-allegorize or anything like that. But if we know David is the shadow of Christ, right. then what you just said, we can, in some regards... You can keep going with it. Take yeah. take your connection to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, because yeah. that's what the, the Bible's doing in the story. So I had another one that presented itself too, where we read in verse 13, David 
made a name for himself when he returned mm. from striking down. In this case, it's the Edomites. Yeah. I do think, fast forward to Christ, the better David, the greater David, that his name for himself, he would not ultimately have made until after he returned from defeating uh-huh. the enemy, which would be his cross, yeah. his resurrection. There, there wasn't a name Jesus was trying to make for himself just by the miracles of power, yeah. just by his teaching with authority. And, yeah. and and even the way I've been quoting lately, not on purpose, but it just we keep going back to Philippians 2, that ever, uh-huh. right. at the, when Jesus reigns forever, every enemy even is going to bow the knee and acknowledge his name. How's he going to make a name for himself? When he returns from defeating the enemy. Yeah. So yeah. you just, I, I don't think that that's overstretched. Maybe it is, I don't know. I'm just taking that phrase and going, okay, he made a name for himself after. Yeah. After his faithfulness in defeating the enemies of God's people. Yeah. And that's really forecasting the gospel. Yeah, right? well, it, it makes me think back all the way to, I'm pretty sure that if I remember this, when God calls Saul way back in 1 Samuel, whatever, right? He, he's raising him up to def, to deliver his people from their enemies. Right. Right. Like that's right. I don't know, whatever, chapter six or seven. And so like the role of the king is to do that thing. And so David doesn't make a name for himself just in some publicity stuff. He makes a name for yeah. himself by fulfilling what God has called him to do. And so with Christ, right, his his name, if you go to Philippians two, his name is gonna be revered by every single creature everywhere when he comes back and fully accomplishes everything God's given him to yep. do and is fully known. And so, yeah, I, I, like, I, think I, spot on. I like you saying it's not a publicity stunt because that's essentially, the Israelites didn't want a publicity stunt in Saul necessarily. I think they really didn't want a ruler, but they wanted to, to have the same pomp and circumstance as the nations around yeah. them. Yeah. And um, Christ didn't show up with yeah. pomp and circumstance as his goal. Right. So I think that, that's fascinating. Wow. Wow. Anything else? Yeah, well, I got... I'm looking at the clock going, I don't want... So, yeah, maybe we'll close up with this. This happened to me right before we sat down. I was running this morning, and I was listening to somebody else preach. Someone I never heard preach before, but it was an expository sermon. It was excellent from a very difficult passage in Genesis. And saw somebody that I thought I knew. I turned around to come back toward the church and just stopped and said, Hey... I think I know you. Have we met before outside in the community? And the person said, yeah, we talked. Didn't take long for this person to just tell me their, their story. Believe it. They just wanted to tell me their testimony, which was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think to wrap it all around, uh-huh. what we started with, as I listened, I kept saying, oh, man, God is so merciful. There's a person who came out of drugs, came out of prison, and they're just telling me their story. My God is so amazing. God's so merciful. And as, as they talked, they mentioned something. And it, in my mind, my mind went straight to the expository sermon I just listened to. I said, man, that's wild that you just used that description, that you lived a life of hiding. You lived a life like in a cave. And I said, I just listened to a sermon from Genesis 19 <laughs> about how Lot ended yeah. his life in a cave. He didn't really finish well. Yeah. Because yeah. he had so much shame, probably, from what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened with it. I mean, he yeah. just... And, and, and we ended up with this conversation suddenly, not just his life story, but now we're talking about Genesis 19. And then we talk about Christ setting us free from the hiding that we do. And I realized, as I said, man, I got to run back home. I have to do a podcast. <laughs> uh, all that happened was the 
energizing, very interesting, compelling story of Scripture in Genesis 19 that I just heard yeah. was easily connectable yeah. to a situation that I was not, I didn't even know was going to happen. Yeah, it just so happened to come about. Yeah, so and yeah. so as yeah. we just finished talking about this, I don't know, I just want to encourage those who are That's listening great. just to be like, hey, I don't necessarily have all the catechism memorized. I may not even know exactly how I give a reason for the hope that I have, but be on the lookout. Uh-huh. For where when you're interacting with anybody under the sun that you might uh-huh. you know run into at a gas station or whatever, if the words in your heart and you're fascinated by the Spirit's help with it, the story God's written, I bet it connects. Yeah, yeah. And I think just to share its connection is just to really experience the life that God intends for His church as we share God's authority yeah. with each other in regular living. Yeah. So I just want to encourage that happened. This story's pretty relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows. Yeah, I, I think that's great, and I'll, I'll just add one more application to that too. Is um, I think as as much as that's true for us talking to others, it's also true for ourselves, so to speak, as well. That all right, what do what do I need from the Lord? Probably just need to be in His Word, reading whatever is you know, just kind of pick something, to read through it, and and I don't know how that is going to intersect my day or my week or my season of life. But I trust that as I'm reading this chapter, I mean, right, I didn't know what we were going to talk about today right. until we got into it. But, like, do I need this message today? Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, I mean, I think it's just a call for us to be personally, as a family in the Word, um, right, as we're going to community groups and coming Sunday more, like, those, whatever we're dieting on from God's Word, it's He's going to use it. Amen. No, so, that's super good. Yeah. Lord be with you. I pray his word will surprise you in its application this week. Amen. See you.